Thank you for joining us for this third episode of the Oxfordshire Recovery College podcast. Today, I co-hosted the podcast alongside Rachel and Peter. Both Rachel and Peter work within the NHS, so we are very lucky listeners to have been joined by them at the moment. And even more lucky for our second segment, where we are joined by Dr. Vernon, who works in social care. So we have three of our amazing Clap for Carers heroes on the show today who took a little bit of time out to be with us to talk about the first segment, which was on panic attacks, where both Rachel and Peter really beautifully, actually, I thought, spoke about their personal experience of dealing with panic attacks and also a little bit of the theory. Please listen on. It's probably my favourite highlight actually so far of us making these podcasts. I think they just do it so beautifully well. Um, I am just going to put a quick disclaimer in there as we do with many of our courses actually at the college. If you are listening to this and you are thinking, actually those symptoms I've had, we don't diagnose on courses and we don't diagnose on the podcast. What we can do is give you a little bit more information, which is hopefully what we did here. And if you are struggling with any of those symptoms or it's something that you've had recently or in the past, we would always get you to speak to your GP, much as we would with any of the other courses. We don't diagnose on the courses and we don't diagnose on the podcast. But what we can do is give tips and we can hopefully help to destigmatize a little bit some of these quite frightening conditions at times. So that was our little segment on panic attacks. We then had a further segment where we were joined by Dr. Vernon, a clinical psychologist, who talked us through a mindfulness session. And actually, we could all participate in the mindfulness session, which I got personally a lot from. So thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy. So hello listeners, thanks very much for joining us. This is the third episode of the Oxfordshire Recovery College podcast. I really hope that you've enjoyed the first two. Um, We're getting quite a lot of people give us feedback on them, which has been absolutely fantastic. And having students and those who haven't engaged with the college also give us feedback, which has been absolutely brilliant. Um, We now move on to the third podcast today. We will be covering two different topics, which we are going to look at. The first one is panic attacks. And the second is mindfulness. Now, like we've done on the podcast previously, where we had Tony on and he was talking about living sort of quite an isolated life at the moment. He was very much an expert by experience on this. And I'm very pleased to say that we are joined today by Rachel, who's an expert by experience in terms of her own um, experience of of panic attacks. And we're back to our our favourite co-host on the podcast which is Peter Peter Necker um so I will in- I, I won't go on any further just to say please um please keep keep on listening with us because we've got a really it's going to be a really great um show today um 
But without any further ado, I am going to introduce Rachel. How are you doing, Rach? I'm good, thank you, Liam. How are you? Yeah, I'm not doing too... Do you mind me calling you Rach? Is that okay? That's fine, that's fine. Not many people call me Rach, really, only my family, but I'll let you Liam. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it can be like your podcast name. It was a bit like our first episode, Nell, who's, who works for the college, is Eleanor on podcasts now. Okay. Um, I think it's my northernness coming out here, I'm afraid. So, Rach or Rachel, I, I'm sorry, I'll try my hardest, but maybe just it's for fine. podcasts, it's you fine. are it's Rach. Podcast, mate. It's fine. podcast <laughs> Rach, I love it. It's the start <laughs> of something big here. How are you? How are you so far finding um, the current situation? Um, well, I work in um, a mental health hospital, so um, today is my first day off since um, it all started. Um, so it's been a in a stressful environment I also have a daughter as well so a teenage daughter who's currently not at school um so it's, it's been a difficult time at the moment going to work and trying to carry on as normal mm. but also my work environment is changing hour by hour mm. and then also my home life as well so where my daughter's not being able to go to school but also trying to keep positive at home and mm. and dealing with the schoolwork and things like that so it's just um trying to get used to the new normal really but uh it just seems to be changing literally hour by hour mm. and is there anything that you're doing sort of in particular that's sort of helping with you this at the moment any tips that you could give any of the listeners well i think the main thing for us is a routine um so we we like to know what we're doing on a daily basis and I think that's a really major thing for me is to have a routine, um, have a kind of timetable in place, making sure that work, you know, all the things that we need to do is on there, um, work, school work, housework, shopping, but also some things that are fun and some down, you know, when, when we've done all that, I think it's really important to after your mental health so um doing some meditation um having some nice long baths reading some books um going out and getting some fresh air so where we're, we're able to go out and do our one walk a day we know so we're trying to go out for different every day great so yeah. i think like things like that are just really important to trying to have some structure to the day and know what we're doing and trying to put some things in there to look after ourselves as well great oh that's that there's some really really great tech tips in there Rachel around you know trying to sort of maintain that routine which I think is really really key I just want to apologize for any listeners there if you heard a, a siren in the background we're actually doing this a slightly different way this time round, guys um because the the app that we tend to use isn't working so there was a little bit of interference there um I'm going to blame Peter um he's easy to blame um i think i think he had a bit of background noise going on there or it's maybe because i tried to video call him but um now let's blame peter um i'm also going to embarrass you here a little bit rachel because i know many of our listeners you know keen supporters of of the nhs so you know thank you for for all that you're doing at the moment um as as well i know that, that everyone's really behind you i know a lot of our listeners were out doing the, the clap for carers so just just to embarrass you right there oh, um thank you, you know, thank thanks. you it was really i've got it was amazing like i had such a long day at work yesterday and then me and my daughter opened our front door at eight o'clock and the streets just seemed to be getting louder and louder each week so it's actually so emotional and so yeah i'm grateful for everyone that's you know 
working and everything. So the NHS, shops, everyone that's kind of keeping the country going. Everyone's doing amazing, working together. Great. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. So there you go, listeners, one of our NHS heroes on the podcast, taking a bit of time out to, to be with you. And over to, to one of our other NHS heroes who's creating sirens just to make it really authentic in the background <laughs> for you. Peter Necker, how are we doing? I felt left out, so I'll have to create <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello all. Uh, how are you? Yeah, we're good. We're good. How, how are you finding? Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we spoke to you. How are your, uh, how are your horror stories going? I'm fine. Nothing, nothing, nothing terrible is happening. Um, I would like to join you in, in sort of saying thank you to Rachel and the team. She she works with everybody in the hospital because they work so so hard. Uh, and yeah, we are all really proud of them. Ah, oh, thank you. You're working behind the scenes, Peter. So you're still working for the NHS, just behind the scenes. So <laughs> you should be proud of yourself too. Loving Thank this. You. We're getting a lot a lot of love on the podcast. And for those who are wondering what's Liam talking about in terms of horror stories, what was the book you said that you were reading at the moment, Peter? Uh, love in, in Times of Cholera, which I thought that was, that was appropriate. Love but, uh, in Times of Cholera. So how is love in terms of cholera? Any any tips for uh, these coronial times? Not really. It actually turned out to be a, a love triangle story. And a bit oh, uh, <laughs> and mm. uh, not very positive, uh, not very positive main characters. Somehow, I have to say, but I'll, I'll let people uh, to read it and, and decide for themselves. Maybe we might need to move to something else in terms of recommendations for both. Yeah, I mean, we like to we like to keep it positive on the podcast. So, should we should we move exactly. swift? Should we move swiftly on to our first topic then? So, yeah. as I. Probably might not be too positive, but yeah, uh, I think it's good for people to, to know about it. Grand, thank you. So, um, we're, as I said in in the start of the podcast, we're very um, lucky to be joined by by Rachel Stain, and she's opening up about her experiences, which I know that many of our listeners and many of the students at the at the college have have experienced. Um, and that is is panic attacks, and and I'm aware that these seem to be on the rise at the moment. Um, obviously, possibly due to the the situation that we are in currently. Um, I'm going to hand over the reins of of co-host over to to Peter and Rachel um, for this part of the of the podcast. So, without further ado, um, now on to our section about. Well, Peter, do you want to introduce it? I think I think I think you did uh, do a great job already. Uh, like you said, we're going to be talking about uh, panic attacks and a little bit about what they are and uh, what are they caused by, and then uh, move on uh, in the end on how to best deal with them. And just like you said, I think there is a good chance that uh, people might be experiencing these a bit more often at the moment. Because, because of the times we are find ourselves now. Um, and yeah, thank you very much, Rachel, for coming and joining us in this. Welcome. Um, can, I, can I ask you both, so it's a bit of more of a conversation, and uh, what, what, do you, what do you think, that, uh, how would you describe a panic attack as well, listeners? 
I remember the first time I had one, um, I didn't actually know what it was. I, I remember it felt like, the only way I could describe it was like I was having a heart attack. Um, I remember I was getting really bad chest pain. I could feel like my heart was beating out of my chest so quick. Um, I remember I was shaking. I couldn't even talk. So if someone was talking to me, I didn't even have enough breath, if that makes sense, to even be able to talk back to somebody. And I remember just feeling so hot and just thinking, what is actually happening? I think unless you've had a panic attack, it's really hard to describe to someone or for someone to actually understand what one feels like. Yeah, it's pretty pretty horrible. I've 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 uh, uh, I've experienced one or two in my life as well. Um, I've. Uh, just for the purpose of the podcast, I've done a bit of uh, reading and uh, and I can read out as what uh, NHS defines the panic attack, uh, what they are. Uh, so the NHS defines panic attacks as an intense rush of uh, mental and physical symptoms that can appear quickly and for no apparent reasons at all. These can be very frightening and distressing. Uh, the symptoms, according to NHS website, uh, uh, as follows, uh, racing heartbeat, feeling faint, sweating, nausea, chest pain, shortness of breath, trembling, hot flushes, chills, choking sensations, dizziness, numbness, uh, dry mouth, uh, feeling like you need to go to the toilet, uh, ringing in your ears, feeling dread of fear of dying, you know, like having heart attack, feeling of unreality or just sort of not being uh, connected with your with your with your own body. Um, they uh, uh, last from anywhere from five to fifteen minutes, but I think that's that's quite uh, different for for everybody. Um, and some of the symptoms, uh, uh, from my experience, anyway, some of the symptoms can last much longer. But I think the peak would be at about five ten minutes. But, uh, yeah. Is that something? Um, would you agree with that, Rachel? Yeah, I think um, I've had somewhere, for instance, where I've been on an aeroplane, for instance, and um, where they've gone on for such a long period of time. And um, what shocked me was how your body take, how long your body takes to recover from it. So mm. you have the panic attack, and you can't just move on from it. It's like your body has had like a, a trauma I guess to it um physically and mentally and I remember when I've had a, a really bad um episodes of them so it might just be you know throughout the day I've remembered it's taken a couple of days for my body to actually recover from it if that makes sense so it's mm. not something that I feel with me I just have the panic attack and then it's over and I've recovered I feel like it's, sometimes it's taken two to three days for my body to actually adjust to getting back to normal after what's happened yeah I, I think I, I remember feeling very very uh tired it's just yeah, like you said, just drained. It's not a nice, it's not a nice feeling at all, is it? No, it's not a nice feeling. And as as I said, I think before it's really hard. Um, I think it's really good to talk to them about two people, so people get an understanding of what they're like. Mm. I think, like you said earlier, you know, it is it. You know, they are on a rise, especially what's happening now. I feel like people are having more and more panic attacks so i think it's really important that we talk to people about them and and share how you know how they felt and things like that and i also feel like then it sometimes it's not as much as a shock for them if they do have one or also yeah. to try and help people understand how we're feeling as well because it's so hard unless you've had a panic attack 
to talk to someone that's had one, if that makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think uh, they, uh, the panic attack, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know whether common is the right word for it, uh, and now probably are on the rise. I've, I've got some numbers here um, uh, in terms of frequency and how many people experience them. Um, uh, from from the research, uh, 22% of adults experience at least one panic attack in their life. Wow. And uh, I don't think we quite mentioned yet, but uh, you, if you if you experience lots of panic attacks, I think the criteria is uh, uh, at least uh, at least one, or at least, at least four a month, and then you're feeling sort of worried about having another one for for yeah. for, for following month. You can be actually diagnosed with uh, panic disorder, and uh, uh, what the numbers say that six uh, percent of adults. Uh, would meet the meet criteria to be diagnosed with panic disorder at some point in their life. So I've done a bit of a bit of a bit of a math, and that would mean that, uh, assuming there's roughly six million people in the UK, uh, four million people of uh, four million adults in the UK would be able to would be able to meet the criteria to be diagnosed with panic disorder, which I think that that, that, that would. I mean that we can really say that it is common as by yeah. a lot of people. That's that shocked me, guys. Actually, um, I hadn't, I hadn't quite. I, I, I can't say I've personally, possibly, I've certainly experienced anxiety um, and heightened, really, really heightened anxiety. Whether that has strayed into panic attack, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I certainly, listen to what Rachel's description of. I haven't had something sort of similar to that, but that's that's huge, isn't it? To say that, you know, there's so much we talk about sort of heart attacks and, you know, there's defibrillators all over the place and wherever you go. But actually, that's, yeah, that's really struck a chord with me, actually. It is, it is, yeah, it is a lot of people can experience them. And and, and I think the more we're going to talk about it, I think Rachel, Rachel mentioned that the, the more chance of it, that the, the, the experience of it for you is not as bad. Yeah, and I think the more, and I'm very, very much kind of pushing for mental health and pushing for people to talk about it if they're comfortable to talk about it, because I think it's really important that when you're speaking to other people about it and they're they're talking to you about their experiences, it, it, it doesn't solve the problem, but I feel like certainly for me, it helps with the situation and how I'm feeling, and it's quite nice to feel other people are feeling the same and mm you know they've done things they've put things in place and you've put things in place and mm. you talk about what works for each other so i think it's a really positive thing that if you are comfortable to speak about it whether it's to your friends family work colleagues or anyone who you trust i think that is really important to do so just just on that rachel it must have i mean the, the symptoms that you were sort of saying that you'd gone through then did, did you did you know about t- panic attacks at that point was was it no. something no, I never knew about panic attacks at all. I never even knew anyone that had had a panic attack or anything like that. I think when it first happened, maybe mental health wasn't talked about as much as it is now. And, it, and like I said, it's still pushing for it to be talked, you know, much more. But I feel when, when it first happened to me, I don't even remember anyone talking to me about panic attacks mm. I, I I think I was just so frightened of to what it was mm. and it wasn't you know for the fact that 
more kept happening, the more I kept looking into it, um, the more I kept talking to people about it, the more I was understanding what happened to me. But I think it is mm. such a scary thing, especially if it's your first one and you've never experienced one before. It's just, it just completely knocks you. Oh, it, 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 it really, really sounds it. I mean... That, that must be just frightening in it. I mean, you know, you talk about almost heart attack sort of symptoms and shortness of breath and, you know, but but I presume what you're saying is once you know kind of what's happening or somebody has been able to say, actually, this is okay, it doesn't make them easier, but almost takes that extra worry around what is happening now. It sort of helps to relieve that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess you still don't know how long they're going to go on for, and sometimes that's a scary thing. And and also, I guess you never know when one's going to come on. I mean, I have a rough idea now. I know what my triggers are. But again, kind of how the current world is at the moment and the things that are, are happening in my life is bringing up new challenges that I couldn't have ever expected that to happen. So I think my body's in a bit of a shock at the moment, like, like most people's of what's happening on a day-to-day basis and the different stresses and strains that it's putting on your body mentally and physically and how our bodies are actually being able to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Pete, I'll let you come in there. No, 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 that's fine. I was just going to second what Rachel was saying. Coming back to not knowing what's happening with you uh, is very, very scary. And mm. uh, I remember when I had the uh, first panic attack and 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 the same uh, ex- experience with it, as Rachel described. It is very, very frightening because you literally think that 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 you are dying. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, but as soon as you start reading on it and uh, educate yourself it, it sort of turned the volume of the whole thing down for me mm. and and uh, it, it's it's good to know as much as you can about it because I mean that, that really really helps mm. um, what, what is uh, a bit mysterious I think about the panic attacks is that we don't really know exactly why they happen yeah there are, and there are, there are a few causes that, that the research suggests and they are Either uh, genetic based, genetic based. So, uh, if someone in your family or you know your parents, your siblings might have done, it might be more likely you will experience them in your life as well. Uh, they could be psychological causes, uh, stress, uh, phobias that might trigger these for you, uh, or environmental causes uh, such as you know, bereavement, trauma, uh, or just big uncomfortable. Uh, changes in your life, like moving house, or, or like we said now, finding yourself in the middle of the pandemic. Really, yeah. Um, I don't. I can't really comment on what 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 I thought caused my panic attacks. And and did, did you have any idea, Rachel? What what what, what was the cause for yours? Um, I think mine was um. Some, most of mine was when I wasn't in control. So I guess now is a kind of a bad time for me for that. But um, yeah, I, I found, so going back to the scenario when I was on the plane, that's kind of a good example to use. Um, I felt I was trapped in the plane. I've never been like that before on a plane. I've travelled, you know, to America, been fine. Um, you know, um, 
long distances and like that been fine but I remember we went on a short flight it was about two hours long and for some reason it just sparked a panic attack and when I was looking at it and kind of breaking it down I think it was because I wasn't in control of the situation I wasn't I wasn't driving the plane. I wasn't able to get off when I wanted to. Um, there was a lot of turbulence. So I think it was just not knowing what um, was going to happen. And also because my daughter was on the plane as well, I think I was working myself up as what is going to happen now if something did happen. Um, and that was kind of a bad one where it then lasted the whole length of the flight and then it took me three or four days to recover from it. So I think for me, it's when I've tried to break down each one, I think it's the not being in control and also something that is a really new experience for me. So it's something that maybe I've never done before. Um, so maybe it's a bit of fright in that or not knowing what the situation is, is going to happen in the future. So I think it's just kind of around that kind of area for me. That, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it, uh, I'm sorry that happened to you. And then um, I think we all uh, sort of get these normal responses in, in certain, certain situations. So, we, we, you know, we talk about in our courses, actually, in the, in the recovery college about uh, being in a state of fight or flight or, or freeze now. That, that, that's one of them as well. Yeah. Um, and, I think normally you'd experience experience fear and anxiety, and it's a helpful feeling actually. Yeah. Our body's equipped with to keep us safe from yeah. uh, I don't know you being chased by a lion, or you decide yeah. to step step in the road, mm. or you go, you know, if you didn't have the fear, you would just go and swim in the middle of the storm in a way. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a good thing to have. It's a good thing to have, and I think that's important to keep in mind. But. Uh, when it comes to panic attacks, it's quite cruelly the body responds in a way that, uh, uh, in the same way, uh, yeah. uh, but there is no lion and there is no buzz and the water is perfectly fine and you just don't know why you experience these feelings, but but, but you do. Yeah. And and as a result from it, I think you, you experience despair and you learn. Uh, I don't know, it was in my case anyway, I think that you, you learn from the situations that you experienced the panic attack in. And uh, like you said, on a plane, did it make you, did it make you worry the next time to go on a plane again? Well, um, I haven't actually been on a plane again, not, um, not because of that reason, but just um, I haven't actually, so it wasn't too long ago and I actually haven't booked to go anywhere. Um, but definitely for a couple of months after, I was speaking to my family about it and I was saying to them, I'm never going on a plane again. You know, it was such a bad experience. Um, you know, well, if we go abroad, we're going on a ferry or I'm driving. Mm. Um, and then as time has gone on, I've kind of, talk to myself about it and kind of you know realize that that isn't a possible thing to do I'm going to have to get back on a plane and again it's just how I'm going to manage it and it will be definitely a very scary experience for me because I'll be wondering if another panic attack is going to happen but I think it's something that I just need to I'll have to face and I just have to put things in place so I'll be able to get on that plane and deal with a panic attack if I get one or if I don't so yeah, it, 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 Sorry, carry on, Pete. Uh, I was going to say, we're hopefully going to go uh, and uh, towards the end, we're going to get to some helpful tips how to manage those situations. Yeah. So, so what did you want to say, Liam? I was just going to say, it sounds like it can be really quite quite limiting. Um, you know, it's obviously it's not a, 
a lion that's chasing you, but actually having that feeling and that reaction, you know, you were saying there, Rachel, about, you know, you, you haven't booked yet and, and you were actually saying, you know, you're quite scared in some ways of, of that kind of next experience of, you know, and I, I, I'm trying to term this in the nice possible way of, of quite a normal thing and a thing that has been really normalised for you before. You said you'd, you know, been away to America on a plane before. So it's actually made something that's relatively normal and has been normal for you in the past actually become almost the most scary thing that you might end up doing in future. Yeah, and it's a bit like I remember when I was younger, I used to, this is another example, I used to go to theme parks all the time, didn't count on the scariest rides, and that's another classic trigger for me, is panic attacks. So uh, now it's gotten to the point where it's so hard for me to even get in a queue for a ride at a, pan- uh, at a, at a theme park. So it's like you learn what your triggers are and then mm. what you need to put in place to be able to deal with them. But yeah, it could be something that has been such a normal thing for you in your life for so many years. And then it can literally be one day you click your fingers and that experience in itself has completely changed itself for you and your enjoyment and how you think of that particular thing. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's right. I think recently in the research, the... Uh, uh, panic attacks and were, were linked to sort of uh, uh, agoraphobia when people are scared to leave their leave their homes and they experience panic attacks in different places and the sort of limit the places that they they will they are not yeah, they they will be scared to go to now yeah. and uh, instead they stay home um, yeah yeah because we are so we are sort of hardwired to 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 learn from the fear and and the experience of the fear and then try to avoid them in the future, don't we? Yeah, and I think it does take a lot of courage for people to be able to have a panic attack and be so frightened and so um, upset from it and have all these physical and mental symptoms to be able to then be strong enough and to actually go and like face that because for me it's kind of facing your fear, isn't it? It's for, to be able to go out and say, this happened to me before, but... I can't let this stop my life and it's a hard thing to do and again when you're doing it it's it's not just hard physically it's hard mentally to do, be able to do something like that as well absolutely absolutely and i know you 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 face face those fears in the in the past and i think you're very brave doing that uh, did you did you have a uh, did you ever talk to, to any i don't know your family or friends and how how did they react when you were um, talking about I, I spoke to my for a long time I didn't speak to anyone about it um maybe there was a bit of me trying to understand what it was a bit of maybe slight embarrassment um or uh, you know maybe I I I didn't want to worry people I felt like that was a big thing for me as well I didn't really want to speak to anyone about it to worry anyone um but I I remember I spoke to my family about it first and because they hadn't experienced a panic attack in their life any of them so my brothers my sisters my mum and dad I think it was quite hard for them to understand what one was like or to or I kind of some people make kind of flippant comments, you know, oh, you'll be okay, or just get over it, or things like that, which are not helpful. But I think it's really hard if they haven't had one to be in that situation because they hadn't experienced it. But then I remember speaking to my friends about it. Um, So one of my best friends, she went, I'm saying it suffers from panic attacks as well. And the more we spoke about it to each other, and the more we spoke to our friends, it, it just seemed to be more, 
the more people we spoke to, the more people would say to me, oh, Rachel, I have one of those. Like, I, I, I have those monthly or I have one once a month or if something's happening in my life, I'll have one. So I think it was really nice to start speaking to my friends about it and opening up. And I feel like it's definitely helped helped me and also helped my friends that we kind of have that network of understanding so you know my friend that I just spoke about she won't mind me saying you know she has a panic attack she now rings me and she can't really talk to me but I'm just a voice at the end of the phone that comforts her um, so I think it's really important that if you can and you're happy to and you have someone safe in your life that you can I think it's really important to try and speak to someone about it even if they don't understand to begin with I think it's really important that they understand how you're feeling or or just for you to download to someone else gives you that sense of feeling slightly better yeah, yeah, and once once you once you bring it out and bring your you know once you're brave enough to open someone else, it sort of it takes it from this mystery and normalizes the thing a little bit, which is then much easier to come in terms with. Yeah, I, I think anyway. Yeah, I've no, I've I, I, uh, had experience with sharing with people about my panic attack, and uh, uh, I think what I've experienced is people either overreacted or sort of underreacted. At the word. Yeah. Um, and also, um, I think, I don't know whether you experience it, but sometimes people just say, well, just, just relax. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't think I've been ever in any situation working mental health in the last 10 years where telling someone to relax when they are in the really heightened uh, emotional state, that actually helps. No, and it's, yeah, and I totally agree with that. The things where they say, just relax or keep calm or chill out. And you think, yeah, if it was that easy to do, that's what I would do. That's what I would be doing right now. But it's really not, it's not that easy to do. And, and saying those words sometimes can be even more unhelpful. Yeah, I agree. I think it's better to sort of role play. But I think we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna move on to what what actually does help. And and don't worry, everybody. There's, there's, there's some silver silver lining and there's some good news. Uh, um, panic attacks and panic disorders are actually very treatable. Uh, the numbers say that the statistics say that sixty to ninety percent. Uh, there's a sixty to ninety percent success rate. Uh, in terms of treating panic disorders and, and panic attacks. And um, what, the, what the literature recommends is uh, three different uh, types of treatment. Uh, one would be, uh, uh, two of them would be medication, so it would be either antidepressant uh, or anti-anxiety medication. Uh, I think it's, it's important to know that, you know, the, the antidepressants uh, they sort of increase your level of serotonin, and and they take a little bit to uh, take a little bit to start working, take two to four weeks to start working. Uh, but you can you can be on on those for, for a very long time if that's the best thing for you. Uh, with the anti-anxiety medication, there is uh, those uh, usually benzodiazepines are usually used, but those are also very addictive. So that sort of, sort of just the immediate immediate help, and you you even be advised to stay on them for more than a week. And then the third one uh, is a therapy. Uh, it's a good old CBT therapy, and uh, I think. For most people, the mix of all two or three 
these treatments are, are the best. Um, did you have you received any any treatment for, for this medication for this Rachel? Yeah, so um, definitely talking therapy um, to talk mm. about it definitely helps for me. Um, I think the more that I started speaking about it, kind of understanding what was happening definitely worked for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to kind of do what works for you. Everyone's different. And if you can, you know, that I mean, like you just said, Peter, there's definitely things in place that you can, you know, put in place to help you. Um, but yeah, I think definitely talking therapy definitely works for me. Sort of think straight and, and, and 
and uh, think of the ways to calm yourself down. But if you got something written down, then that would definitely help. Yeah. Um, I have, I, have uh, I don't know what, what breathing uh, technique you've used. Maybe you can, you can, you can tell us as well. I've, what I've used is I, I, I would sort of learn to breathe from my diaphragm. And yeah. uh, it's not, uh, it might not be quite obvious, but everybody, I, I found it quite hard. Um, yeah. So I've, I've learned by sort of lying down on my back and putting one hand on my stomach and one yeah. hand on my on my chest and yeah. breathing in, in a way. I'm, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm doing it now. I'm not lying <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, sort of breathing in a way that, that the hand, uh, I can notice that the hand on my on my stomach uh, moves up and up and down, yeah. uh, and, and the hand on my chest doesn't move. And that way you sort of breathe more deeply from your diaphragm. And and, and also uh, I've learned to uh, breathe in uh, through my nose. Yeah. Count to, to count to two. So I would go one, two, breathe in through my nose, and then breathe out really slowly out from my mouth to a count of six, or sort of stretch it a little bit longer. Yeah. And uh, this I've learned sort of uh, calm my heartbeat and my breathing, and that, that was something that sort of really helped me and uh, I thought it was quite easy to remember. Yeah and I think that's really good as well because it takes your mind off something as well doesn't it so you're not you're trying to get your breathing back to regulate like it normally would but it's making your mind think of something else so you're looking at your hands raising on you or you're thinking of how many breaths you're taking so I think for me as well trying to not distract my mind off of it but kind of putting a focus on counting or watching your arm raise or something like that definitely helps your breathing get back into a pattern much quicker that's, that's right that's right uh, i think all of uh there's just a lot of other advice that i found online uh, when i was researching this as well and most of them mentioned sort of start exercising you know regularly which i know you do and uh reducing caffeine and, and nicotine and sugar which yeah yeah, I definitely agree with all of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't drink caffeine at all anymore. I, uh, mm. The first panic attack I had, I remember when I was reading, they were like, that's a massive thing. So I still drink tea and get nice tea, decaf, and it tastes exactly the same. It's really nice. So I, I remember I cut caffeine out quickly, and to this day, I just got in such a habit, I just don't drink caffeine anymore. Uh, but I feel like exercise is such a massive link between mental health and exercise. And whether it's just, I don't know, walking up your stairs or walking around your garden if you don't feel safe enough to go outside or you can't leave your house but whatever exercise you can do even if it's a workout dvd at home or putting some music on and dancing around your house i feel like you know exercise definitely for me um was a massive one to improve my um improve my mental health definitely i think there's a massive link between those two things can I just can I just quick, quickly come in, guys, if possible? I just I just want to quickly say I've just had a, an observation. I just want to say both of you, thank you actually for sharing about your experiences and about how you've coped with it. And I'm just going to put a little bit of a possibly a bit of a plug out here for the way that the the college work. What I just observed then, and I really took a step back on the podcast because actually I wanted to give Rachel and Peter that chance. I haven't experienced it. Um, and I wanted them to really show what they 
had gone through and the way that they you know sort of cope with it and the tips and obviously Peter's brought some of the research in but there's a there's a wider point to this in that you are both NHS professionals um, and I really think what you've just shown here is how the college actually works we we are all students we all have our own experiences and it doesn't matter if you're wearing that NHS hat are you wearing that service user hat? Both um, Rachel, Peter and myself are students of the college. And that's something that we, we really try and encourage is this is some one of the great ways that we can break this stigma. If you're listening to this podcast and you are somebody who, you know, has possibly been struggling due to their mental health. Actually, I think these two have just really, really shown here that people who work in the services you know, sometimes at times we can't share our personal experiences, but often people who are working in services have experienced maybe not the thing that you've experienced because we're all unique, but we have all experienced or many have, have experienced their own personal feelings of of mental health and, and conditions. And I think what, what's been captured from this, and I think you've both captured it so beautifully, is that it is okay to not be okay. Um, and it is okay to not be okay, regardless of what your your position is. And I think that's something that the college really reaffirms by the fact that we're all students and we all learn together on the courses. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all learning together as we go along. Absolutely. And I just want to say a, a huge thank you for that. Be Before we go, there's a few tips that I've sort of picked up from from you guys um, on this. I say before we go, we've still got another segment which actually is linked to this, which is on on mindfulness. And we've got um, another guest who's who did a recording a little bit before, um, a clinical psychologist named Dr. Vernon on mindfulness. And this can help you um, if you are experiencing panic attacks. But there are just some, some other things that obviously Peter and Rachel have mentioned both around, um, you know, limiting things like caffeine, nicotine, sugar, doing more exercise. Peter was talking about um, the the breathing techniques as well that can help to um, calm you down. Um, that it is just those kind of flight or fight symptoms. So it's just remembering this and that they, they will pass, um, you know, and trying to accept those feelings a little bit. And certainly the mindfulness can, can help with this, which we'll do with Dr. Vernon. Um, and remembering that these are just, you know, normal reactions to stress and anxiety. Um, it can be really scary while you're going through it. And I think both Peter and Rachel have really captured how scary it can be. But hopefully by listening to this, you know, if you ever experience something like this, you are aware that this is just a normal reaction, um, you know, and try not to sort of fight those those thoughts. They won't last an hour. Well, they might last up to an hour, but they won't last days. They won't last weeks. Um, you might have, you know, episodes of them, but they're not going to last a really long time. Um, you won't faint, faint, you won't collapse, you won't have a high heart attack, you're not going to die. Um, it, I am going to put a caveat in here, though, if you do experience any of those conditions, so a really tight chest or anything like that, it is always worth rigging 999. Um, and certainly the, the professionals will check it out um, just to check it through first. Um, 
But if it is, if you are, if you are having panic attacks, it's still worth giving them a call just to check that through or, or ring the the one 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 number. Um, it, it is just again those sort of feelings of of anxiety, um, and you know, most of the time you're not in danger, much as as what Rachel said. Rachel, I'm I'm presuming by this call that your flight did get to its destination. It did. I survived. I was fine, and I had a lovely holiday. Great. Well, there we. Well, there's the real silver lining um, to this. Then, um, I I just want to say again a huge thank you to to both of you for for sharing your experiences. It, we aren't at the end of the podcast yet. Um, I'm now actually going to introduce Dr. Vernon, who I was talking about a little bit earlier on, in terms of her. Um, sort of uh professional experiences and she's going to talk you through uh, a meditation um it was a, a pre-record um because again very busy in terms of uh work at the moment so we're really grateful um to dr vernon for for doing that so i am now going to introduce dr vernon we hope you enjoy And we are now joined by Dr. Vernon. Hello. Hi. Thank you for coming in. And um, you are going to guide us through short mindfulness exercises, that right? Yes. Thank you. Uh, would you mind telling us first uh, a little bit uh, about mindfulness, why, is it, why it might be helpful? Yeah. Um, often people who experience anxiety or panic, um, they often experience thinking about thoughts or things that have happened in the past or worrying about the future. And that takes us away from the present moment. And mindfulness is a really helpful way of bringing yourself back to the present moment. And I'm going to guide you through a short practice, um, focusing on the breath, which is a really helpful way to ground yourself in the here and now, because your breath is always with you. Thank you very much. Sounds really good. So everybody, let's get comfortable. Let's get on with it. So when we do mindfulness, if you just adopt your mindful position, and by that I mean have your both feet flat, grounded onto the floor, trying to sit upright but comfortably in your chairs, with your hands just resting in your lap, and closing your eyes if you feel comfortable. But if not, just finding a point on the floor where you can rest your gaze. To start the practice, I'd like you to just take in three deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. When you've done that at your own pace, just let your breath rest on its natural breathing rate. Take a moment just to notice how you're feeling in your body, but also in your mind.
as you're sitting here in the present moment, just notice any areas of tension in your body. And perhaps with each out breath, just focus on that area of, of tension and just let the tension go with each out breath. You might want to do a quick body scan from head all the way to the tips of your toes and just notice any areas of tension that you may not have previously been aware of and just let them go with each out breath. Again, just notice what's going on in your mind Perhaps you notice things that you're worried about from yesterday or thinking about from yesterday or thinking about the day ahead and what you've got to get done. Notice any judgments you might have about those thoughts. And I'd like to invite you just to treat them as thoughts. If you notice them come into your mind, just let them pass as they've come in. Perhaps using your out breath again to just let those thoughts go. you to focus on your breath and just notice where you feel it the most as you breathe in and as you breathe out. You might feel it in your nostrils as you breathe in. Perhaps you notice the warm breath as you breathe out. Notice the different sensations between your in-breath and your out-breath. You notice your mind wandering that's absolutely fine that's just what the mind does just notice it and just bring your attention back to your breath
You might notice your breath on your chest as it moves up and down with each in and out breath. Notice how your shoulders are feeling. And if they feel tense, then just let the tension go with each out breath. You might notice your breath on your stomach and the rise and the fall as you breathe in and breathe out. Notice your stomach expanding as you breathe in. And what happens when you breathe out? You might notice your breath elsewhere. Just take a moment to experience how that feels. Being mindful of any thoughts that may come and go. To not judge yourself for having those thoughts. And to just gently bring your attention back to your breath. Your breath is something that's always with you. It can always help ground you in the here and now. observe how you're feeling in your body and your mind And as we bring the practice to a close, I'd invite you just to take, again, three deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth.
ensuring that the out-breath is longer than the in-breath. When you feel ready, have a little stretch and open your eyes and bring yourself back to the room. Okay, guys, so we've just listened to um, Dr. Vernon's um, mindfulness there. Um, I hope you both in, enjoyed this segment. Is is mindfulness something that either of you have used um, when you've dealt with sort of going back to what we were speaking about before with um, panic attacks at all? Yeah, I think it was a big thing for me. Again, I think it's um, trying to figure out and trying to learn how to do mindfulness and meditation and, and what works for you. It doesn't work for everyone, but um, definitely for me, I think it was a big part of my routine that I put in place and something that I would do on do on a daily basis, and I think it definitely, definitely helped. I've, I've tried mindfulness and I find it really, really hard. Uh, mm. I can see how it's really beneficial and uh, I think I just need to work on myself a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, and it does, I think, go practice. I think it's something that you've yeah. got to practice regularly. And I think mm. there are so, ama so many amazing free apps and CDs and podcasts and all things like that that you can try and figure out what works for you and, and different voice, different techniques. But yeah, something to keep trying, definitely. Yeah, abs absolutely. Sorry, Peter, carry on. I was just going to say, hopefully our listeners will will find, you know, this segment useful as well. Yeah, I'm sure that I think just for that sort of destigmatization of what you guys have done, you've given some really good tips. And then obviously we've had Dr. Vernon there give a, a mindfulness, um, I suppose, a, a little, a little, Cheeky segment. I don't think that's quite the right word, but uh, uh, I'm losing my words now. I've been under this sheet for, for an hour. I'm starting to get nice and warm. <laughs> for those who are usual podcast listeners, they know that I hide under a bed sheet. So what Dr. Vernon actually did was um, give us a little sample of, of, of how to do that. And I'm hope, hopeful that that was useful to you um, at home. Now, I suppose we are coming to towards the end of the podcast here. So I just want to quickly go to both of you and just say, have you got any kind of um, anything that you want to say to our listeners before we leave? Rachel, if I go to you first. Yeah, I think just um, remember, like, like we said throughout the podcast, it's definitely okay not to be okay. Um, and I think if you can, like we've kept saying, talk to people as much as you can. Um, anyone that you trust anyone that you have a great relationship with I just think let's keep talking about mental health every day and you know um, you know it's something that you know we can all do together and just make sure everyone's staying safe looking after each other and we'll get through this together well thank you really really hopeful message as well uh, Peter can you top that I don't think I can I would like to say people to just look after themselves look after each other and sort of look looking at the future with a positivity and that's that's all great 
Well, again, huge thank you um, to both of you and Dr. Vernon as well for for doing that piece for us. Um, I hope all of our listeners enjoyed that. Just again, a big shout out. If you receive this via email or you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter, if you've got any kind of feedback or any tips that you could share with us, please comment on those um, and we can read them out on the podcast as well. Um, if this is the first podcast that you've listened to and you've enjoyed it greatly, please um, listen to the, the first and the second as well. Um, and yeah, I just want to wish you both um, all the best as well. And, and particularly at the moment, obviously working in the NHS again, massive, massive respect to the both of you. And we will leave it there. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to that episode of the Oxfordshire Recovery College podcast. We hope you enjoyed and if you are enjoying listening to these podcasts, you can also subscribe to them. If you are a Spotify listener or you have Spotify either on your computer or on an app, if you open Spotify and search Oxfordshire Recovery College, If you tap follow under our lovely artwork, you will then be updated every time that a podcast is added. If you are a student of the college, also these are emailed out every time that one is is released. If you're not a student of the college, but you are interested in what the college does or would like to become a student, you can also do this at the moment. The college is very much in the virtual realm. It is normally in the physical realm. You can still sign up to be a student. You can either do that on our website. If you just Google Oxfordshire Recovery College, there's then an enrolment form on there and a little bit more information about what we do in these non-coronial times. You can also email us. The email address is contact. So that's contact O-R-C. That's contactorc at restore.org.uk if you are interested in enrolling as a student. However, if you're just interested in listening to these podcasts, you can also get these delivered to you through social media. So if you are on Facebook, if you search at Oxfordshire Recovery College, or if you are on Twitter, if you search at Oxfordshire R. C. Now these are both updated weekly with the podcast and there's also a whole range of other interesting articles and tips on there at the moment. Now these podcasts very much rely on yourselves getting involved with it. Rachel who was on the podcast this week did that herself so Rachel is also a student of the college and as we heard is also works for the the NHS and again that very much represents what the college is about. We are all students, it doesn't matter what background you come from. So our student base is probably one of the most diverse We have people who work for services, so like Rachel, who might work for the NHS. We also have people who are using the services as well as service users. And finally, we have those who are carers 
for those who use those services, as well as volunteers who work across the services. So most people are welcome here at the Recovery College and you're certainly very welcome on this podcast. So if you are interested in what we are doing or you have a tip that you'd like to share, or maybe you're interested in coming on the podcast, please do let us know. You can do that by commenting on the social media or even emailing us back on the email that you receive as a student. Again, that's the same email that I just read out, which is contactorc at restore.org.uk. There will also be a, a podcast next week. We are doing a cooking podcast. We have a very special guest who is joining us, who is both a student, a tutor and a chef. Um, So they're a student and tutor of the college, but also a a professional chef as well. So we are going to be doing a cooking podcast, which is going to be interesting. We'll see how that one one goes. So please stay stay tuned for that. Um, This podcast was billed as a mindfulness podcast. It was, of course, we did include that, but we also did include a panic attack section. So I'm not going to say too much for the cooking podcast. Um, We are still very much in the midst of of making plans for that. So there may be other little segments to it as well. But it just means that you need to carry on listening to find out where we go with that. Again, huge thank you to our guests who came on uh, the podcast today. So thank you to Rachel, Peter and Dr Vernon who I say guests they were our co-hosts as well so thank you for listening I suppose the only thing that now we can say is thank you stay safe and we'll hear from you soon